I just lit my fire. I'm ready to preach. Amen. Acts 16 in your Bibles tonight. Book of Acts chapter number 16 in your Bibles tonight. I have to tell you a funny thing on Sunday night. Um, after we had sung the song service, I turned it over to Brother Chadwick. I, uh, I told him, I said, now, Brother Chadwick, you just preach tonight. Now, uh, my point of that was, don't cut your message. We want to we wanna hear the points that you came to give us. Amen? And, um, but I, when I sat down over here and he started preaching, I realized that I forgot to turn the amp on the organ off. Now, what happens to that organ is when we got it, it didn't have an amp in it, so we had to put an external amp on it to get sound out of it. But what happens is, is when the, after two hours, the organ times out and it turns off and it leaves the amp on. And when the amp's on, it sends the signal through the MIDI. Now, I know some of you don't know anything about that. I, I don't either. But anyway, that's that sound that you hear when it goes off. You know, sounds like there's, you know, a ghost over there playing or something like that. That's the sound. So uh, I'm sitting over there thinking any second now that organ's going to go off, scare Brother Chadwick half to death. I said, Lord, please don't let that thing go off while Brother Chadwick's up there preaching. Forgive me, Lord, for not turning it off ahead of time. But um, I'll tell you what, uh, you don't have to be crazy to be in the ministry, but it does help. Amen. And um, thank the Lord. All right, Acts chapter 16 in your Bibles. I want to speak to you on a subject. I want to speak to you on the subject, how to find the will of God. How to find the will of God. Uh, not just how to know it, or uh, once you know it, what to do with it, but I want to speak to you on how to find it. You know, I think a lot of people are very interested, especially a hungry Christian, is going to be interested in finding uh, God's will. And uh, I want to just give you some thoughts from the scriptures tonight on that subject. We'll begin Acts chapter 16, verse number 6. <clears throat> and here the Apostle Paul, uh, mainly the book of Acts is the beginning of the church, mainly from not only the early church disciples, but uh, mainly from the Apostle Paul. And uh, from Acts chapter 9 all the way to the end, uh, we see the leadership of the Apostle Paul in the early church. So let's begin Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now, notice the Holy Spirit said, no, I don't want you to preach here. I have another place that I want you to go. And that was Asia. Now, um, verse 7, after that, they were come to Mysia and essayed to go into Bithynia. But notice again, the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Now notice verse 10. 
And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now notice, uh, they wanted to go into Asia. The Holy Spirit said not. They wanted to go to Mysia and Bithynia. The Spirit of God also said, no, I don't want you there. Now, it's not that God did not want the gospel to go to those places. It was that God had a will for them that they had to find out and seek the Lord. And we find here in the passage that it was Macedonia, the place that God had called them. So they went, verse 11, therefore loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia the next day to Neapolis and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city uh, of that part of Macedonia and a colony. And we were in the city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. We sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord had opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized, and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. And thank you again for a time just to uh, settle in again uh, to thy word and to do here the wonderful things that God has given us tonight. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide us and Lead us, Lord, into thy truth. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth, God. Help us to be doctrinally sound and spiritually uh, right with you tonight as we open thy word. And so, Lord, uh, we need you tonight. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your blessings tonight. We ask thy Holy Spirit would meet with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Finding the will of God. <clears throat> uh, the will of God is in to many people, I, I think that is probably one of the questions that I have been most asked in the 32 years of my ministry. How do you know the will of God? How do you know it? Uh, my son-in-law and daughter uh, were called to go to South Sudan. <laughs> now think of that for just a moment. How did they know? How did they know that God was leading them to South Sudan. Um, have you ever wondered that? You ever wondered how it works? You ever wondered how God does it? Um, now, can I say, first of all, to find the will of God, it is not by a feeling. Amen? It's not by a feeling. It does not come by God sending an airplane with a banner behind it saying, go to this place, God, go, Pastor Larson, go to more Oklahoma, that is my will for you. It's not done that way, is it? Uh, the will of God is not a spooky thing. 
It's not, uh, a, uh, it's not something God is trying to hide from us. It's not something God is uh, playing a game with us on. Uh, God is not saying, well, if you, uh, if you press certain buttons or do certain things, uh, act in certain ways, then I'll uh, reveal it to you. Then I'll show you. Uh, no, can I tell you the will of God and the pathway of finding God's will is open and available to every Christian. And where I think that many Christians uh, misunderstand or kind of get off uh, is uh, uh, th that many times we don't understand how God helps us find the will of God. That pathway of finding the will of God is oftentimes something that is uh, strange or unusual. Uh, I met a fellow one time. Actually, I went to Bible college with a fellow. And he said up and down again and again, he said, uh, I, I don't feel called to preach. And, um, you know, by the way, if someone's not called to preach, I, I don't think we ought to put pressure on them to do something that the Holy Spirit hadn't led them to do. Amen. Amen. I think God is the one who does that calling, don't you? And by the way, if it's of man, it usually won't stick. But if it's of God, if it's of God, how can it fail? How can it falter? Amen. And you know, as a pastor, uh, as I lead people, I'm very careful. I try to be very aware that um, God, there's a pathway for people to find God's will. It's not spooky. It's not strange. And can I also say it is not outside of the principles of Scripture. It, it, uh, it must be followed within Scripture. Now, everything we do that's good and right is going to be backed up by Scripture. Scripture, if, if you think something is right and true, then uh, uh, there's got to be Scripture behind it. Amen? There's got to be Scripture behind it. Uh, the authority of truth in our life is the Word of God, isn't it? And so, if, if it's not in the Word of God, then it's probably not true. And um, I like what Spurgeon used to say. He said, if, if you preach what is true, it won't be new. And if you preach what is new, it probably won't be true. I think there's some truth to that. And um, years ago, there was a, a lady, a family had come to our church uh, when I first came. And I think they came for about four or five months. And um, then they started going uh, to, the, to the Methodist church. Well, that burst my bubble. They didn't want to hear me anymore. Methodists were more interesting than me. I said, Lord, I got on my face. I said, Lord, I got to do something. Amen. You got to help me. But anyhow, um, that's where they go. Well, about two years after that, uh, the lady came up and for some reason she was parked up here in the church parking lot. And uh, I recognized her said, hey, how are you doing? And she's fine. And she just acted uh, nervous or self-conscious or something. And I said, you doing okay, you know? And she said, fine. And, and she said to me this. Here's what she said to me. She said, God is leading me to divorce my husband 
and go marry another man. Now, you know, the problem with that is that's outside of the Bible. Why would God lead her to do something that God in his word would go against? Is God, does God uh, deny himself? Can God go against himself? No, then how can the will of God not be part of an understanding of Scripture and the Word of God? Uh, so <clears throat> I'm simply saying, and a lot of people sometimes get a lot of crazy ideas. You know, I don't know if some of you remember this, but uh, years ago, Oral Roberts said uh, God was going to kill him if he didn't give him, I think it was like, what, $8 million? God was going to kill him. And uh, if he didn't give him $8 million for a hospital. Now, by the way, if somebody can heal somebody, why do they need $8 million for a hospital? <laughs> Have you thought of that? Yeah, right. why, uh, why not just take the $8 million, put it into missions, and walk around and heal everybody? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> anyhow, I'll get off of that soapbox. But... Uh, uh, listen, the problem with that is that doesn't follow God's will. That's not following the Word of God. The will of God and the Word of God are, are going to agree in one. God cannot deny himself. Amen. So somebody says, oh, this is the will of God. Well, you better, you better make sure you know what God says about that subject. Amen. So I'm simply saying tonight, the will of God is not going to be found outside of Scripture. So then, preacher, how do you find the will of God? How do you find it? Well, I want to give you a few things tonight about it. Number one, first of all, you have to have a desire to know it. You have to have a desire. Um. I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Uh, will he pour water on somebody who's already got water poured on him? No, he's going to find the one that's thirsty. And, and so you say, I, I, I want to know God. You know, I think half of the problem in our life is not that the will of God cannot be followed or seen or known. I think many times the problem is, is that we don't desire it. We're not hungry enough to know what that is. Or we have, a, we have our own plan already set in our mind. Yeah. Boy, has that ever happened to you? I, I was supposed to preach in a uh, restroom up in Bethany this morning. I got on my motorcycle for the first time in a month. Amen. And the tire was flat. <laughs> I ran up here to 7-Eleven to fill it up. It took my $2. Swiped the car. $2! to air up a tire, and it didn't work. I went down to Casey's. I like Casey's. They have yeah. good, good pizza. Um, <laughs> went to Casey's. Big out-of-order sign. So I drove the... Have you ever driven a motorcycle on a flat tire? Yeah. Amen. It's reminded me of the Weebles. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Weebles is kind of... So... I went to the Shell station, the third station, and they had it wrapped in a bag. So, you know, 
I said, Lord, I hope seven isn't the number of perfection. <laughs> so I went to on cue and I said, yeah, they've got one there. And right as I pulled up, a big truck pulled in to air up all his tires right when I got in there. Oh, my soul. Now, I was disgusted. But you know what? This may sound strange to you. This may sound strange. But I think God had a different plan for me this morning. Now, I was ready to go preach. And I wanted to go. And um, I was ready to go. But let me tell you something. Sometimes God leads us differently. And I think every Christian ought to wake up every day and say, Lord, lead me today. Lord, lead me today. Guide me. I just want to know what you want me to do. I think there's a great power in a Christian yielding himself to God's will at the beginning of that day. And um, I, I believe God has a plan even in our diversions or even in the things that we get impatient about. Sometimes we can calm our impatience by understanding that it just may not be God's will. And somehow a Christian ought to be satisfied in that rather than stressed in that. Because isn't God the one in control of everything? And if we, if we give ourselves to him daily to guide us and we want, to, we want him to lead us, I believe he will. And I believe he wants to. So I'm simply saying to know God's will, to find God's will, you first have a, have to have a desire to know it. If, um, if I want to get uh, in my car and go see um, a Brandon and Andrea, if I need some chickens, I know right where to go. Amen. <laughs> Brandon and Andrea's house, they've got chickens over there. Amen. And uh, someday we're just going to all go over there. We'll just have a big old chicken roast. Amen. But anyhow, not, not them. They named their chickens, so you can't, you can't hurt them. Amen. You can't hurt something that you name. Amen. And uh, yes, you can. Okay. We'll let Brandon take care of that. Amen. But, but if I want to go to their house, the first thing I have to do is desire to get there. Right? If I'm going to find my way to their house, I have to, there has to be something in me that wants that. I want to get there. And, you know, it's the same with God's will. Uh, finding it is not hard. But I think oftentimes the hard part is just desiring it. Sometimes we have our, our own will is strong. And, and, and that is probably one of the most dangerous things in the Christian life is when our own will gets strong. Because when our own will gets strong, then we become clouded to the desire of, of wanting to do God's will. And, and see, we have to believe that God's will is the best thing for us. Be it a life of blessings or a life of difficulty, it's still the best for us. The will of God. So desire it. And then secondly, let me say, we have to yield to it. Did you see what uh, the Apostle Paul did here? Notice in, in verse number six, it says, Now when we had gone through Phrygia and the region of Asia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach in Asia, 
what did, what did Paul do when the Holy Ghost said, no, I don't want you in Asia? He just yielded to God, didn't he? He went somewhere else. Verse 7, after that, they were come to Mysia and essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Now, what did Paul do when the Holy Spirit said no? He yielded to God. Now, in verse 9, God did tell him what he wanted him to do. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia, and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel to them. So, he had to yield his will not to go to Phrygia, not to go to Bithynia and Mysia, but, but trusted that the Lord did have where he wanted them to go. Can I tell you something? Some of the greatest disappointments to us may simply be times when if we yield to God, the next pathway will be the bright pathway. Um, so, desire to know it. Secondly, yield to the Lord. Just simply say, Lord, I want your will. I want what you want. The deaf, deaf sign for surrender is this. It means you throw your hands up. You, give your, you gave up to the Lord. Boy, I'm telling you, that's the best place in the world to be. Is to on purpose go to God and say, Lord, I don't want to do my will. I just want to do your will. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Do you think the Lord will hide his will from somebody who wants to do it? No. It's just that in the case of Paul here, he had to do God's will. He, had, he was finding God's will. And he did. He just had to listen to the Holy Spirit in the process of finding where God wanted him to be. Now, that is... Um, that's my third point tonight, is that the Holy Spirit leads a Christian. The Holy Spirit leads a Christian. Um, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit was the one that told Paul what to do. Now, let me say this. When a Christian is young in the Lord, they may not really know what it means to listen to the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is that still small voice in us that speaks to us that if we'll learn to listen to it and yield to it. Uh, and if sometimes we mistake God's will for our own yeah. will. And, and sometimes a, a Christian who's young in the faith, they may or may not uh, intentionally uh, want to find it or not find it, but Oftentimes they may not if they are not being led by the Holy Spirit. And you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit, sometimes a, a young Christian is afraid of the Holy Spirit speaking to them. Uh, they're just scared. Lord, don't, oh, Holy Spirit, don't call me to Africa. I can't live in a mud hut. I can't do it, Lord. And, and but you, you ever stop to think, that if that's God's will for you, that would be the happiest place in the world. Right. It really would. 
somehow you would find greater joy in the will of God, regardless of what it is, than our own will. And, and so I say to you tonight that had Paul not learned to listen to the Holy Spirit, he would have gone to Phrygia. And that man that was in Macedonia would have never heard the gospel. And then he went to Lydia in verse 14. And Lydia and all those ladies there, they started praying there by the river. And, and, and Lydia was there of Thyatira. So she was going to go back to Thyatira and tell them what the Lord did for her. You see, <clears throat> men add, God multiplies. Men add, God multiplies. And so when God sent him to Macedonia, he was accomplishing more for the Lord than had he ever gone, had he ever gone to Bithynia, Mysia, or Phrygia. I don't think Paul, I think Paul wanted to do the will of God the whole time. I think he desired it. I think he yielded to it. But it also required him to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, number four, uh, God often uses godly people, especially when you're young in the faith. God often uses godly people to lead you, especially when you're young in the faith. Do you know when Paul got saved in Acts chapter 9, did you know that all the decisions were made for him by others? Did you know that? Barnabas took him and they taught him in the faith. They, they led him, and he, he didn't have to make any decisions himself. He was a spiritual babe in Christ. And, and as, as time went by, he began to learn and grow and mature. And in Acts chapter 16, we're seeing the fruit of that maturity in that the Apostle Paul was now following the Holy Spirit and, and learning to listen and yield to him in what God would want him to do. And, and um, others helped him. Now go to uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. It's easy to find. It's after Hebrews chapter 12. Are you still with me? All right. Hebrews 13. Now notice verse 17. Hebrews 13, 17. Notice what this says. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Now <clears throat> some people have taught that this verse is teaching that there is spiritual commands of, of control that come from certain people. What it's, that's not what it's teaching. It's teaching that there are in our lives spiritual godly people who can help guide us into finding God's will. And we need to listen to them and, and respect what they're saying. Um, I had a man come to me a while back and a situation arose in his, in his life, and he wondered if it was an opportunity or the devil. 
Have you ever, you know what I'm saying? Is it an opportunity of God or is it a trap of the devil? And he came to me and asked me about it. And when I heard about it and what he was telling me about it, I looked at him and I said, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Not because I didn't want the best for him and not because God didn't want the best for him. But I believed that it would be a bad thing for him. And you know what? He didn't do it. He didn't do it. And he's still doing well in the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think a pastor is God. Okay? I don't believe that. And uh, I don't want to control people's lives because then I have to be responsible for it. Right? I have to stand before God for that. But I want to tell you something. God does use spiritual leaders in our life, godly people, to say yes or no. It's, it's like a godly parent. When a godly parent sees one of their children dating somebody that is bad for them, they say no. And the child looks at them and says, oh, you're a tyrant. You just want to control my life. I don't ever have any fun. Everybody else has fun, not me. I have these old-fashioned, mean parents. I'm the only one in the world with those kind. It's the same, it's same thing. But the truth is, is that parent is watching out for their soul. The, pa- the parent really cares about them, and that parent's been down the road of that child and soul. Um, sometimes God uses people. God uses people in their lives. You know, I, I had another story about, about a year ago, no, about a year and a half ago. Um, a man had a situation where he could not go to a country where it was where God had wanted him to go. And um, I said to him, I said, why don't you go to a different country or a different place and reach the same people of the same language? Then when that country opens up that God's called you to, why don't you go there? And um, you know what? He didn't want to. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to do that. And you know what he's doing now? He's not. He's not reaching anybody now, as far as mission work goes. And you know that that to me was really sad. Because I think I, if he'd have listened to me, I could have kept him on on that path. And when God opened that door, um, when God opened that door for him, he could be ready to go in it. And I wasn't trying to control him. I wasn't, I'm not a dictator, man. I may be a lot of things. I may be a tater, but I'm not a dictator. (laughs) Amen. But I do care about the direction of people. And I want them to find God's will. And you know, the Apostle Paul, I think all of us were like that when we were young in the faith. The Apostle Paul was led by the hand uh, for, for years. Uh, he was led and taught and trained and given the Bible. And so sometimes, well, God, remember before GPS came along, you're traveling down the highway and uh, you're looking for a certain place and there's a guy walking down the road how many of you have ever pulled up to that guy down the road and rolled down your window? 
Well, you don't, you did, back then you didn't roll down the window. You didn't roll down the window. You rolled down the window. Know what I mean? You roll down that window. And it was really bad if you had to reach all the way over to the other side. You ever roll the window like that? Oh, man, that's horrible. And, and said, hey, hey, buddy, where, where is such and such a place? You know what? You were looking for guidance from somebody you thought knew where to go. And, you know, that, that should be like a common knowledge in our heart, in our mind. Well, preacher, I'm going to marry this person. I don't care what anybody says. Okay. Okay. About five, six years down the road and a couple babies. Some bruises and some heartaches. I look and I say, you know, I could have helped you avoid that. And, you know, so I'm simply saying, and I'm simply saying, God often uses godly people. And can I say this? If you're godly, you're not going to want to give somebody advice of your own will. You're going to want to give somebody advice in accordance to God's will. And that's godly. That's godly advice. Okay. Now, number five. Are you still with me? How do we find the will of God? We find the will of God through reading the Word of God. The more you are in the Word of God, the, the easier it's going to be to find the will of God. <laughs> if, you, if you stay on the right path, you stay in the Word of God, it's going to, it's going to help you. It's going to get you there. Amen? <laughs> Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, the word of God is that light. And if you just keep the light in front of you, you know where to go. You'll know where to go. You keep the light in front of you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Stay in God's. You say, I don't know what to do. Well, let me tell you one thing to do. Read your Bible more and more. You know, whenever you have to make a major decision in life, I recommend you just get in your Bible and just read it and 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 read it. Whenever you have to make a major decision, just keep reading the Word. It's rich. It's powerful. It's, it's backed by the Holy Spirit of God. And he, it, it can lead you in the right path. Now, don't take it out of context when you make a decision. Right? A lot of people take one verse of Scripture and form a whole doctrine off of it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Make decisions based on the context of the Word of God. Uh, because that's how we find God's Word. Um, that's how we find the will of God. Just stay in the Word. Stay under preaching. Listen to preaching during the week. When I was a, a senior in high school, I had a job mowing lawns. And, um, and then the same, uh, I would mow lawns in, in five or six different condominium complexes. Every week I'd go from one to the other and mow the lawn. In the wintertime, I'd shovel the snow in them, same ones. 
Snow or grass? I like grass a lot better. It's warmer. It's a little warmer. Amen. Um, but anyhow, um, when I do that, and I would listen to sermon tapes and uh, cassette tapes, and I had a Sony Walkman. You remember that? Any of you remember that? It wasn't the boombox. It's something you carried on your shoulder like that. You know, that big, you know, carry on your now, it wasn't that. It was that little thing. I put in my belt, and I put headphones on, and I was mowing lawns. I, I wasn't listening to rock music. That was my sister. <laughs> I'm having fun tonight. Amen? I'm just having a good time. I, I wasn't listening to rock music. I was listening to sermon tapes. I'd listen to five, six a day. And boy, I'll tell you what, there's nothing that bolsters you than listen to sermons during the week. And, and you know, you got to be careful about just picking somebody off the internet to listen to. Yeah. You got to be careful about that. A lot of them may be popular, but they're not necessarily doctrinally sound. Yeah. You got to be careful about that. Um, but anyhow, um, I was, I, boy, it kept me fired. It just kept me wanting to to do what God wants me to do. Well, it lit a fire in me. You know why? It's because that's what God ordained the Word of God to do. It is a pathway finder to be in the Word of God. Now, the truth is most of us would really like God to write it in the sky. We'd like God to send us a postcard in the mail. Dear Pastor Larson, I would like you to go to more Oklahoma, sign God. Right? That's, that's how we'd want it. But you know, God doesn't work that way. He works through his word. He works through other godly people. He works through your desire and your hunger. Because your hunger, him that is thirsty, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. He works through the Holy Spirit leadership. To help us find God's will. And um, he works through his word. He works through his word. Now, I'll be honest with you. Not everybody is called. You may find, the, you may find all of these things are true in your personal life. And I hope they are. But that does not necessarily mean you're finding the pathway to be a called person. We don't know. But if you're on that pathway following God's will, you're going to know God's will for your life. And and in this sense, it's like salvation. You know, how many of you know you're saved tonight? Okay. You're saved. Can you describe how you know you're saved? That's a little harder, right? If I ask you, describe how you know you're saved. That'd be a little harder, right? But do you still know you're saved? Yeah, you still know it. Now, can I tell you how God led me to Moore, Oklahoma? I have no idea. I just know God led me to Moore, Oklahoma. I got it. I got it. And, and um, I, it, it's a pathway of God. And God doesn't call everybody that's on that path. <laughs> if everybody were called, there'd be nobody in the church. I'd be preaching to pews, right? But 
but what I'm trying to say tonight is, is that when you're on the path of the principles, it is what can help you find what God's will is for you in your life. Amen? Now there's one more point tonight, and I'll be done. <clears throat> Go to Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. We haven't heard the tornado siren yet, thank the Lord. And uh, by the way, just to, to digress a minute, if we ever do hear that tornado siren, I do recommend you go out to the tornado shelter. Amen. It's out here, right back here we put it in, and um, I'll finish my sermon out there in the shelter, okay? All right. Genesis 24, notice verse number 27. Genesis 24, verse 27. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I, notice this phrase, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Now, how was this person being led? They got in the way. Uh, and, and I think this is signifying that a Christian cannot just sit idle in their life. They have to get involved doing some ministry serving the Lord somewhere. Uh, there has to be some way of you, um, something you're doing in life. That bus route, that Sunday school class, that, that ministry, that, that rest home, that uh, uh, whatever it is, uh, get busy, find something to do for the Lord. Because when you get in the way, that's how God often leads us. Amen. You say, I, I really want to know what God, you'd be surprised sometimes I get sermons while I'm out soul winning. Amen. Putting tracks on doors. I'm thinking and praying and the Lord gives me a sermon. Just getting busy for God can accomplish something. And by the way, don't minimize the insignificant task of doing something for the Lord. Don't minimize the insignificant task. Uh, sometimes we think that God's will is this great, glorious, glamorous thing. Or, boy, if I, God's will is to preach, be a preacher. Well, half of you are excluded because you're ladies right there. Half of you, that can't be true immediately for half of you. Amen? <clears throat> By the way, lady preachers are not in the Bible. I said lady preachers are not in the Bible. George Meyer may think it, but it ain't, it ain't so. You say, how do you know? Because the Bible says one of the requirements is to be the husband of a one wife. How can you be the husband of one wife when you're a female? Oh, I'm going to get some comments on that one. Oh, that's all right. Amen. God toughened me up already. He gave me Mrs. Larson. I married Mrs. Larson. She's, I got tough hide already. Amen. But what am I trying to say? I'm just trying to say, get busy. Find something to do. If you're not already. If you're not already, dear lady, uh, Sadie Webb, you got to know Sadie. She was a, a country girl, almost a mountain girl. And she was an older lady. 
And you say, what did she do? She stood by the door, and when the ladies would walk into church, she'd just put a big hug around them. That was her ministry. That's what she did. She found something she could do. And by doing that, you know, after she died, those ladies said, I sure miss walking into church and not seeing Sadie there. Because <laughs> her ministry had an effect. She just got in the way. And, I, you know, every Christian ought to get in the way. Every Christian ought to get in the way. God didn't call us just to the pews. Amen. By doing that, God led them in the way. <clears throat> you know, um, it's like if I was going to Brother Brandon's house to get a chicken or two. Amen. They got hogs over there too. Amen. They named their hogs. <laughs> Amen. Pork chops, one of them, right? Pork chop. What's the other one? Penelope? Bacon. Bacon passed away. There was a great feast after that. I'm just in an ornery mood tonight. I don't know why. I just feel like. Uh, but what, what, listen, if I'm trying to get Brother Brandon's house, I'm not going to go get my car and just sit there. God, get me there. God, I sure want to go see Penelope. Would you please get me there? It would be a good thing if I just started heading there, don't you? I mean, I don't think I'm going to see Penelope if I don't get on that car and start going. And you know, it's the same with us in the Christian life. It's amazing how often when we're serving the Lord, we stumble into the will of the Lord for our lives. Now, I want to make one last point. Do you know that all of these points tonight, what would happen if a person just got out of church? None of these ingredients, none of them would be available in their life. Uh, you say, why? Because they wouldn't be here in the Word? <coughs> They wouldn't be around godly people. They wouldn't desire to know it. The Holy Spirit would be grieved because they're disobedient. They're not busy doing something for the Lord. And you know what happens? This is one reason why some people never find the will of God or seek the will of God because they got out of church. And got away from the Lord. And these ingredients became null and void in their life. That's sad. That's sad to me. And you know, I think the most unhappy person in the world is a Christian who's genuinely saved, but they're not, they're not following God's will. They're out of church. Uh, and, uh, you know, the old devil, he'll... <laughs> He'll use the craziest things to get people out of church. I mean, just be ready for it, because if he doesn't come through the front door, he'll try the back door. He'll try anything he can to get a person out of church, because if a person's not in church, none of these ingredients will be in their life. 
And the rest of their life, they'll flounder and really not know, really not know the will of God. I say to you tonight that um, somebody asked Ann Landers one time and wrote, a, wrote an article to Ann Landers, a man. He said, I've been married 30 years, but I could not count to you on one hand five meals that my wife has cooked. That's what he said. 30 years we've been married, and I cannot tell you five meals my wife cooked. Ann Landers wisely wrote back and said, you may not have remembered, but have they done you good? Have they done you any good? Are you healthy? Did they keep you alive and going? Yeah. And can I tell you what? The Word of God in church is like that. You're not going to remember every sermon I preach. And that really hurts me deeply. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. If you get something for your soul, if you get some food for your soul, it can keep you going in life and serving the Lord. Amen? So I'm saying tonight, any Christian can know and find the will of God. God's not going to write it in the sky. God's not going to give you a supernatural feeling. He's not going to put an aura around you. He's not going to put a postcard in your mailbox or a, a banner on a plane flying by. He'll lead you through his principles of God's word.